0: amen. How's everybody doing today? Good. So, so glad that you guys are here today. You know, now, now more than ever is when we come together in unity to worship our God. You know, I was talking with the the team this morning and uh, Today, we decided to come to praise and to worship together from a different standpoint because we're tired. We're tired of being sick. We're tired of our friends and families being sick, of our families being run down, broken down, attacked. But today, we decided to come to give him praise in a different way. Today, we're not coming praising Him, looking through all of that stuff. All of that, the stuff that weighs down on you. It's not, it's not a, yes, this stuff is on top of me, God, but praise you anyway. Today, is that stuff is under my feet. I'm praising on top of that stuff today. Enough is enough. And today is the day that we praise on top. Amen? If you're done, if you're tired of the enemy beating you up, beating your family up, beating your friends up, mentally, physically, today is the day. Don't look through it anymore. Don't try to find God through the mess. You have authority as a child of the most high God to say, I am done, enough is enough, you have no authority in my life, and today I take a step up on top of it, and I'm praising God on top of my mess, not through it, amen? Let's come to God today with that type of praise in our heart, let's worship him this morning.
1: The glory, forever, amen, and yours is the King yours, is the power Come on, sing it out. See you.
0: come it'll come today come into my life come into my situation God
2: feel your presence this morning. Church, just take a moment in your own way to acknowledge his presence. God, we we feel your presence here right now. God, where where two or more are gathered, God, there you are. And that's where you change hearts, God. That's where you change a life, God, a a soul, a direction, God. And so in this moment right now, we won't want to go one step further, God, without acknowledging your presence, God. Lord, we thank you that we can worship you, almighty God, That your kingdom this morning, God, would just be in this place. That just like it is in heaven, God, that it would be here on earth. That the things that we see on this earth, God, is not how heaven is. And God, we pray for just a taste of heaven, just a glimpse, God, of your glory this morning. Lord, you told us that your presence will come down. You showed us that 2,000 years ago by sending us your son, God, a part of heaven. And so, God, we thank you for that. We worship you this morning, God. We love you church, just love him in your own way. Give him praise this morning. God, we worship you, God. Come on. Jesus, be big. God, we love you. We thank you. It's all about you this morning, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. You guys can be seated. Good morning to everybody here and and online um, who's joining us more and more people uh decide to stream the service if they can't be here for some reason it's pretty cool um so Merry Christmas Happy New Year what was no just kidding uh, my, my friend is I was just talking to last night I was sharing this with Ed my friend's Episcopalian and he said uh sorry not Episcopalian he's Anglican um but he says in their church they don't say Merry Christmas they actually say um Happy Advent and Advent is the time anybody have an Advent calendar anybody grew up with that? like the really cheap ones with the bad chocolate, and you open up the window and you're like, yes, I got my chocolate at 7 in the morning. I don't know why that's, not a healthy thing. But anyway, the Advent is all about leading up to Merry Christmas, right? And then on Christmas, they say Merry Christmas, and then they celebrate 12 days of Christmas. So all the way into like January 5th. So we're not going to start Happy Advent, don't worry, we can say Merry Christmas. But I just thought it was cool as we're we're worshiping, ah, the whole worship team left me, oh well. You're not yours so but not everybody. Thank you, Gio. Such a good-looking man. Um, but that we, in this time, this is Advent, right? We're, we're looking forward to the moment where God sent his kingdom and heaven down to earth. And, I, and as, as a church, I just want us to uh, enjoy this moment and anticipate the looking forward to of Jesus' son. Amen? And that's what we do, and that's what we celebrate. Um, my, my daughter, I think I've already shared this, my daughter walked up to me about three weeks ago. She walks up, she goes, Dad... Um, this is really messed up and I said what why are we giving birthday presents to each other on Jesus's birthday and she's like I'm like I got no you're right amen just gave her high five but then she picked up on that like it's his birthday why aren't we giving him gifts right why are we giving each other gifts so not trying to make everyone feel bad it's okay she's just seven years old but she's picking up on something that's that's so true that we've kind of morphed this, this thing of Jesus' birth into celebrating each other and increasing ourselves instead of giving Him praise. So guys, come on forward. We're going to continue in our giving and our worship. Um, a couple announcements, uh, where's, is Trent somewhere, or someone who's young and can run? I, I find, I, I know I'm not the, the oldest person here, but I'm certainly not the youngest, and more and more situations I'm finding myself like, I'm not the youngest one anymore, and that's okay. Um, but uh, we, have, we still have some homeless, homeless uh, packages, so we filled about 200 of these. Yeah, you can do it. We filled 200 of these and we gave, about, gave, gave out about 160. So we wanna give out the rest of these. Um, so I'm just gonna put you on the spot right now and if everyone could take two of these or three of these, um, we'll, we'll go ahead and hand out um, right now if you guys have hand raised. All these are, these are homeless packages that have them in your car, two or three of them. If you're driving down the road and you see the person who's on the road with the cardboard sign or whatever, um, that you have these in your car, and you give this to them, you can give them money too, huh? Our children made them, sorry. Yeah, so our kids made these about a month, uh, two or three weeks ago. Um, and there's, yeah, go get the other bin. Let's just get this done, man. Let's not mess around. We got uh, more, so they're in the cart right next to the, to the bread here. So, so like heavy music. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, and then next week, we have a couple things uh, we have uh, the kids' program got a play we have a a kids choir that my wife's leading so she's got about seven or eight kids that they're going to come up here and lead us in worship so you're going to you're about to get outdone by kids anybody wants some some good worship competition it's like a sing-off no uh keep raising your hands uh so Trent so um yeah let's just let's just slam this out and get it get her done um thank you guys thank you so much John could talk about this but this will, this will be the highlight of your day the highlight of your week that giving and I was talking about this to give that if you walk down the, you get to meet people you get to, to talk to them and, and, and really interact with them and, and give them a gift and um, so that's why we do this and it's, it's, honestly it's obedience to Christ that's what he did for us and so we want to be a giving church in, in every aspect of our life um, last but not least uh, we wrapped up our Thanksgiving offering if you guys recall if you've been here uh, we've been we've been partnering with uh, is Jamie and Isaac. Are you guys here? Oh, there you are. Sorry, Robert. He's so so masculine. I couldn't see past him. Um, the uh, we finished. We were so we partnered with Urban Outreach. They're just they're in the north side of Denver, and I won't go too much in the details. But uh, they work with our with our homeless and all sorts of uh, folks in need, um, and get, provide all sorts of services and other things. And so we we did a Thanksgiving offering this this month, and our goal was two thousand. We hit the goal. And so, give uh, give our give ourselves a hand. Thank you, everyone who gave. Uh, those of you who didn't, um, you have next year. So, a little bit of a challenge. Um, but last but all, last thing I'll say, this is cra- this is real simple. The more you give, the more you give. The less you give, the less you give. It's like it's really profound, isn't it? But I, the only thing I'll say is, we want to be a church that's in a rhythm of giving. All right, a habit of giving. The more that you, the less you give. Probably the less you'll be in a, in a in a habit of giving, and the more that you're giving to whatever it is, you'll pivot to something else and just keep giving, right? It's like it's like eating right and working out. You do those things and you exercise the disciplines, and it starts to carry you into over other areas of your life. So um, it's not about money per se. That's one aspect, but I just want us to be a church, and John wants us to be a church. Um, that Hill City Church is a giving church. Amen amen and Isaac and Jamie we love you guys we'd love to partner with you we got an IOU for you no I'm just kidding we'll give you the check um but we're so part we're just so happy to be partnered with you guys and uh, and uh, just and not just money wise but people wise and we serve with them every week and uh, or every once a month and so so proud of you guys thank you for being here with us and um man we just pray for blessing over the over the ministry and um we'll just continue continue partner with you guys um so I'm going to pray and we'll uh, we'll keep going God, thank you for today, um, for this, this time of Advent. God, where we just anticipate the, the birth of your son, Jesus, God. That we look forward to that moment where heaven came down. God, and forever change history, forever change my life, God, my heart, my perspective on life and humanity, God, that that your son and your demonstration of his forgiveness and grace and love and discipline, God, showed us how to live this life, God, and I pray for everybody in here, even in this moment, God, that we just begin to accept your presence, accept that message, accept the truth of Jesus coming down and how you just forever change things, God. So I pray for Pastor John right now as he, as he begins to prepare to uh, preach, God, and that he would be, um, his words would be fluid, God, and, and obedient to your, um, to your will, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: All right. Thank you for your giving. And thank you for uh, just being a part of uh, giving to Urban Outreach. It means a lot to me, um, and I, I'm sure it means a lot to uh, them. But more than that, it means a lot to those people that it's actually going to. It's, it's farther than us, you know? Live a life invested into something that's greater than you. I'm telling you. We our lives go so far. We can we can comfort our lives to we can pad it up to the max. And I'm telling you that it still will be lacking because we were built to be generous. We are built for a different sort of vision and purpose. And I, I believe it's found in our releasing, not in our taking. It is. It's, it's wild that way that God built us that way. If you're if this is your first time. Welcome to Hill City, and uh, yeah, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, you can see, today was crazy. Today was crazy. Like, from the beginning, you could tell that our electronics went down all over the place, and I was like, it's one of those days. And I'm sitting in the back, like, we are breaking down computers down there. Caleb is uh, our Mac guy, and he opened up the computer, switched hard drives, doing all these crazy things to find out it still didn't work. So I was like, all right, it's one of those days, God. Like, I just need you. I just need you to help us today. Uh, but good morning. I just, I just want to welcome you guys. Thank you for being here. I, before I begin, I have two friends from San Francisco uh, and, that are here, uh, Mel and Victor. And, uh, uh, and I grew up with Mel. And Sean's probably there hiding right behind Phil, right? Oh, he's sleeping. Oh, and, but if you want to know, you know all the crazy stories I tell? Like, Mel can verify how whacked out I was as a young man you, she can verify this uh, and and so uh, you, you can ask her anything I hope she lies and says good things about me uh, but uh, she probably won't she's a good person uh, but I'm just grateful for them uh, in my life and the, them visiting uh, but more than anything every week our goal here no matter if something's working or not no matter if there's 10 people or 300 people is that we encounter Jesus uh, we need to encounter Jesus no matter what I, I can't change your life good w- music can't change your life even a good spoken word you'll be like oh that was good you know give me give a nice golf clap but that cannot change your life only Jesus his, his Holy Spirit his salvation will change our lives and I want us to embrace that. You're here not because someone said something cool one day and you're like, I'll follow Jesus. No, there was, a, there was something dramatic that happened in your heart. And there's some of us still in this room and we're waiting for that moment. You're checking this Jesus thing out. And I thank you that you're here, but I pray more than anything that God would speak to your heart so deep, deeply and, and Jesus would radically change your life today. We want to encounter Jesus, become family, discover our purpose, and make a difference in this world. That's our four core tenets of this place, every week and, the way, and, and throughout the week. And so I pray that that's wherever you are, God uses ordinary people like you and me, with all of your crazy, I don't care how together you look today, you're crazy too, I tell you that. I tell you my crazy stories to, just to let you know that we're all crazy together. And, and, and the Bible is not full of awesome people, we serve an awesome God with crazy people. That's what the Bible is made of. No heroes, man. There's one hero, and that's Christ. And, it's, and he's the one who came and died for us. So may it just know that your simple acts of love and your simple acts of giving, your simple acts of passing this out, your simple acts of encouragement make an eternal difference. They do. Don't belittle what God has placed in you just because you think you're so small. I'm telling you, God can take little bits of action and turn it into something mighty in the hands of God. Amen? So today we're continuing our series called Meet Jesus. And uh, we started Meet Jesus. um, This is the 14th message in the book of Mark. We're just going through verse by verse. And it's amazing because we're only in Mark 5 and we're on the 14th message, right? and some of you guys grew up in church and we have all these ideas about Jesus, but culturally, we get, we get it, it starts to change our minds. We don't really understand the deep things of Christ and we think we do. Uh, and so I want us to re, like, go back into what the, the Bible says about Jesus. I want to clear up the clutter from all the church stuff that we've been through and me included. And I just want uh, to clarify who Jesus is, clarify who he is. And if you meet him today, I'm I'm telling you, he will change your life. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to do it again because we celebrate the word of God here. All right. Please turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. We believe that the word of God changes our lives because it reveals Christ. Amen. And here, Paul's going to read 5, 21 to 43.
2: And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hand on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with them. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in there, uh, in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This word of the Lord.
3: It, it, it's interesting. Have you? And I'm going to pray, and then we're going to just run right into this. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you reveal something deep in this word, God. I know that you have something for us and that, and that you want to speak to people in this room right now. And pray more than anything, you reveal the heart of Jesus. And let that resonate with our spirit and change our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. Thank you. Have you ever been stuck at the airport? Have you ever been part of a delay, right? You, we, you see in this story, there's a delay. Jairus uh, starts, runs to Jesus, and, and there's a delay going on all, all throughout the story. But have you ever been stuck at the airport overnight? Any overnighters? Oh, airport is cold overnight. I don't care how warm it is during the day. Candice, uh, a couple years back when Ezra was one years old, Candace was stuck at the airport. So she's flying from four— uh, uh, from Florida, right, from Fort Lauderdale, the sunny place, and coming into Denver, and she's about to land in Denver. She's like, oh, we're, you know, she's, uh, she's about five to ten minutes away from landing, and then they won't let her land. They said, we have to reroute you to Chicago. Because there was like a storm, or it was windy, and they're like, you're going to Chicago, and she's like, what? So, uh, so I, I, I think I get to the airport, and I wait there for a very long time. And then by the time she gets to Chicago, she gives me a call. She says, we're in Chicago. I said, this is fantastic. I said, I'm at the airport. <laughs> and she says, uh, we, can, we can't, uh, we, I'm not going to be able to land. No, no airplanes are about to land in Denver. I believe there was like a, either a, there was a snowstorm that day. And, and, and so Candace gets off the airport. And the, of course, the airline says, due to the weather, we can't get you hotel rooms. And Kansas is there with baby in arm and she's uh, stuck and, and, and now in Chicago, can't get a room, have to stay in the airport overnight because I'm way too cheap in Korean to pay for a room. I said, don't try to pay. You, you got to do something, Candace, right? And, and, and so she's stuck. And so as a, as a mighty woman of God, she st- steps out and she prays out loud in a loud voice with faith. No, she doesn't. She actually begins to cry <laughs> with Ezra, and a woman, uh, one, of the st- uh, one of the workers come by and said, we'll get you a room, and I was like, and I was like if I cried, no one would give me a room, <laughs> but it totally worked. I was like, that was amazing, but I know if uh, Paul and I, we would sit there at the, at the place and start crying, they'd be like, get out of here, get out of here, but it works, it works for you, Candace, and the baby, you know, it was, it was awesome, Right. And, and sometimes in life, we hit detours, right? There's moments in life we think we're about to land and we're about to get there and, and get hugs and stuff like that. And right at the end of it, you are rerouted and you are interrupted. You are delayed right when you think it's about to happen. You're headed to Chicago, Right? In this passage, I see Jesus. He just comes back from the other side of the lake, and, and the crowd began to gather again. And people from all over, they're interested in Jesus because people are raving about what he's doing, right? So people are more interested in, like, I, I wonder what this whole thing's about. And, and, and finally, all these people around him, and out of nowhere, there's this man who falls at the feet of Jesus and I don't know if you know, uh, this guy is a, a leader of the local synagogue or the local church, and, or, and he's like the president over the super spiritual Jewish association. That's what I call it, right? And it's, it's, a, it's a man of power, pr- privilege, and uh, prestige and prosperity, all peace, which I thought of, it was awesome, right? He falls at Jesus' feet, the, and it's a strange scene because back then, Jewish men, especially of that sort of prestige, do not fall at other people's feet. Other people fall at their feet. That's what they're used to, right? And by the way, right, uh, BTW, right, the religious elite didn't particularly like Jesus because he didn't have the credentials like other people. He, he was from the wrong family, from, from the wrong part of town, and, and he was too common to be a mighty rabbi. Yet, Jerry's he didn't care. His baby girl was sick, about to die. And if Jesus could do what people said he was doing, he was his last hope. Just lay your hands on her, Jesus. That's all I want you to do. I just, but you have to go with me right now because they say she's dying. I don't know if you've ever had a sick child and, and you were trying to rush them to the hospital, but it's a horrific feeling, right, parents? You're like, this is the worst feeling Ever. I will do. I remember one time uh, Micah was having some sort of issue after he was born, and I was rushing him to Children's Hospital from my house, driving like a madman at like 3 in the morning, and the police pulled me over, and I said, my son, and he's like, alright, get out of here. Just go as fast as you can, but try not to go too fast. That's what he told me. And so the, even the police officer understands when your child is in trouble, just go. Just go. Just hurry up. Get there. Whatever it takes. Have you ever said that before to God? Whatever it takes, God. Whatever it takes. I remember praying prayers like that as a young man. Maybe I didn't understand the fullness of what I was praying, but I would say, God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever you need to do, whatever the cost to heal my heart, to heal my sickness, to help my addiction, whatever it takes to help me with my lust, Help me with my past because I can't let it go. It has a total control of me, whatever it takes to control my mind. Because sometimes some of our minds are just crazy. And we, we, we deal with issues that just have a hold on us, and we don't know why it can't let us go. And so we come to God in desperation, and we say things like, Whatever it takes, God, help my anxiety. Or bring my son back home. Whatever it takes, repair my family. My marriage, and so J- uh, Jarius—he's moving from this place of prestige from praying it to facing it and falling on his face, risking humiliation, being ostracized, being rejected. But he had to get to Jesus. He did not care. He and I love the heart of Jarius. It's one that goes all out in faith. I love people that are all passionate about whatever, whatever you're into. I love when you're passionate about it, right? And then some people are passionate about music, and you can talk to them for hours about music. They're, pa- they're just all in. But there's moments in our life when there's people, they're all in to God. Like, God, whatever you need to do right now, I need you to do that. I'm in. Whatever you need to change, whatever area of my life you need to hit, go for it, because I need you right now. And this is, there's a difference. There's many in the crowd, but few Jariuses in the Bible. Now, what I mean by this, there's some people who are good at singing songs and learning lessons about Jesus. We come on a Sunday, and, and then we, we, we do the church thing, me included. I do the pastor thing, right? But there's some moments where, where we just fall on our face and we say, I need to encounter God. I just don't care what you say or what you think of me. I don't care if there's snot running down my face. I don't care if I need to go up there or if I look foolish. Whatever it takes, I need an encounter with God. I feel dead inside, God. Whatever it takes, I need you. And you can see their focus in worship, in their prayer, in their love, in their action. They're desperate for a move of God, and God responds to that sort of desperation. He just does. You see it all over in the Bible. So now Jesus finally agrees to go with Jairus, right? And this is a time-sensitive issue, yet the crowd is slowing them down because there's too many people around. How frustrating is it to be this father? Think about being in Jairus' situation. His daughter is on the other side of town, and Jesus is just going slow because all this crowd is around him, and he's going slow. And, and, And he's like, my daughter's suffering. She has this fever going. This is an acute problem, right? And then all of a sudden, Jesus stops. You'd be like, wait a minute, Jesus, like, we need to keep going. Jesus stops and says these words. He says, who touched me? If I was Jesus, I'd be like, everyone touched you, Jesus. What do you mean, who touched you? We're surrounded by people. What what do you mean, who touched you? No, he says, who touched me? Well, we got to go, Jesus. No, no, wait, I I, I need to do something here. Uh, But she's dying. Then here comes an old woman. And she finally shows herself after like 10 minutes of Jesus saying, who touched me, right? This old this lady comes up, and, and she falls at the feet of Jesus and begins to explain what happened, that she was healed by touching his robe, an issue that had been plaguing her for 12 years. Anyone have issues that have been plaguing your life for a long time? We talked a couple weeks ago. Some of us, we've been dealing with the same issue over and over and over again. And we say, oh, it's just, you know, it's just a bad habit. And I said, you know, if you're dealing with the same issue you've been praying, you've been pushing, so maybe it's not a bad habit. Maybe it's something spiritual that you need to break through, that you need a move of God in. It's just not a habit that you need to work on. But I was thinking about this as she begins to tell her, just imagine you're this father, you're waiting, you're waiting on your, 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 your son or your daughter's on the other side, and, and you're trying to get there, and this old lady stops Jesus right in the middle, and you're just like, you serious? And this old lady, I don't know if you, I know women are a little more detailed than men. Or far more detailed. I, I can tell you, just showing you my text between me and my wife, right? Or my wife and I. Uh, and she writes like a paragraph. And I, I write, K. Then she writes another paragraph, uh-huh. And I'm just like, why do you write in paragraphs? I, I don't want to text this. You know why we text? It's so it's short, babe. So you, you, do you ever receive the multi-box text because they write so much? I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? Okay. <laughs> and I, I, that's just, maybe it's just me, but it seems like it's many of us, right? But this lady, she is telling the unabridged version of her life. This was me in childhood. I'm like... Uh, and in uh, Christmas, I was wearing this red dress. You know, they, they, this, women are so detailed. And, and then she gets to her life, and then she talks about the doctors, then she talks about the treatment she had been through, and then finally she comes, this unabridged story, and Jerry is just going nuts in the background, thinking, What is going on? This woman has a chronic issue. Deal with her tomorrow. My daughter has an acute issue. You got to deal with it now. This long winded woman, please stop, my little girl. Have you ever felt like Jairus waiting on God to answer and you feel like time is running out? Doesn't God see what's going on? Have you ever asked, don't you see what's going on, God? Doesn't he know what I've been through? Come on, Jesus. But as we can see in this story and all over the Bible, God will not be hurried. God will not be hurried. He has a plan. He's going to stick to it. He's like... God will not be hurried. And there are moments I just don't understand why God does what he does or doesn't do what he doesn't do. Have you ever just been uh, like, God, why? Often we feel like Jarius. come on, Jesus. What's the holdup? Please answer my prayer. Get me out of this wreck. Or just bless me. Bless me with this new job. Give me a new job. I've been looking for two years. Or, or, or some of you ladies, please, Lord, get me a husband right? Or put my husband together again. What's wrong with this guy? Looking for a better opportunity. Sometimes we pray like, God, give me a church building. I love when the screen doesn't work. God, it's amazing that that screen doesn't work. And then sounds all crazy. There's moments I'm just like stressed out. I was was sitting in the back with Brian and and Mandy. I was just like, are you stressed? They're like, yeah, huh? I was like, me too. (laughs) Me too. And, uh, and, uh, and we, there's moments and you say things like, I've been faithful, Jesus. Don't you know how Jesus-y I've been for the last couple of months? I've been so Jesus-y. Like, help me out, Jesus. That's not a word, all right? But what if the delays are not the problem but the plan? What if the delays of God are not the problem but the plan? We don't like that. We don't like, what do you mean it's not my plan? I thought my plan was your plan, Jesus. I thought my way was your way. No, oh, it's the other way around, right? Can we trust God when it doesn't go our way? When we don't fully understand, when it seems bleak, do you trust him that he's God and not you and not me? Or do we serve God, and I I want us to hear this, or do we serve God to serve us? Think about this for a moment. Because some of us, we got, we got some jacked up theology, and it's not your fault. Because the church has been preaching this, uh, like if you're good, God's going to be good to you, right? It's like this, this uh, handoff, like we're God. Okay, so I serve God, and I get a genie in the lamp, right? And we get, we get served up this weird theology, and it's just Americanized culture overlapping biblical influence. That's what's actually going on. And if that's your first time hearing, I apologize, but let me tell you the truth about God. I'm, uh, and, and you, we, say, we, we ask yourself honestly, am I, I'm, I'm coming to church, God, doing this Christian thing. I'm doing some good stuff, so you owe me one, right? I've been good, so you have to be good to me. You need to bless me, fulfill my dreams, answer my prayers, or do we serve God because he's God? I know, I know, that seems like far-fetched. But we, it's hard to break that mentality in us because we've been taught something very different, even as uh, young men and women. Do we serve God just because he's God? And, and I believe God, you know, the, me too. I be, when I was growing up, I, I, I maybe not said it in that way, but I believed that God owed me one. I went to Bible college, and I was like, ah, I gave my life up for you, Jesus. You, you got me, Right? Then hardships come, like, you got me right? Like, for real, like, help me out. And then addiction comes, like, I'm like, Jesus, where are you? I thought if I was good, like, I put in my investments that you pay out. I thought you paid out. And it's crazy because people are leaving the faith because of a misconception of God. They believe Jesus is this genie granting wishes, taking away struggles, giving us perfect lives. Jesus is about me. Why not is he about me? I'm so awesome, right? He wants to bless me uh, because I'm so incredibly made, right? But tell that to someone who's being persecuted in in Indonesia, Tell that that God, if you follow God, he'll just answer your prayers to someone in North Korea who's holding on to Christ in their starvation. Tell that to those people. Sometimes our, our perception of God is so Americanized and it's hard to see who he is. Our consuming faith, and I'm calling it out on all of us because it's hard because we live in this culture. It's hard when you're in it to see it, Right? It's hard when you're in it. When you're from the outside looking in, you're, it's different, but it's hard when you're in it. And I want to say this boldly, and I don't say it rudely, but God owes us nothing. I want to say it boldly, but I'm not trying to be rude. I, honestly, I'm not trying to be rude because this affects my own perception sometimes. But God owes us nothing. Jesus is not fire insurance just in case there's hell, and I believe there is. Jesus is not like workmen's comp or work benefits that we receive with church attendance because we listen to Caleb and have a Jesus lower back tattoo. All right? He's not work benefits. He is not just religion where we sing songs and give of our time and obey rules and give offerings for a trade of blessing. That is not Christianity. It is not a trade. We serve God, we love God, we obey God because He's God. He's God. And we are not, and, 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 and f- we want more of God. We want, he is the gift. He is the win. He is the purpose. He is God. And if he blesses, amen. And if he doesn't bless us in the way we think he's going to bless us, amen. But the, the pur- the, honestly, he's already blessed us. He's already blessed us. If you are living this life, you, your life itself is a blessing. There, I, I say this sometimes, but there could have been 11 million other yous, but you made it, man. <laughs> In the moment of conception, there could have been 11 million other yous, other marks, right? But you made it. You were the best of the best. You made it. You won the lotto. Don't live this life like you are not already blessed in this life. If we get to be a part of the God story, you are blessed. Don't limit yourself to see it as a little remark. God put you in the story. That's amazing. God put me in the story. And so, but, but the object of our faith cannot be bound to our outcomes. It has to be bound to Christ, our Lord and Savior. And as we change this insight, change this thought, Everything becomes way more beautiful. Your time, if it's not bound uh, just by how you feel and our outcome, the moments we have with our family, the moments we have with friends, the moments we have to listen to God's word, they become beautiful. They do. Man, everything is a gift. And I want to ask, is Jesus enough for us today? Is he enough? And I have two just points, things I want to point out. Number one is expect delays. Expect delays. Because they're going to come. And, 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 and in these moments, can we wonder, God, I trust you. That's what Jerry's had to say. The more I walk with God, the more delays we face. The, in, in answered prayer and progress and ex- expectation. Yet in the delays are the moments that I learn most about God. His grace for me, his love for me. and I learned the most about myself, how I'm just impatient. Anyone impatient? Who's the worst in traffic? Any bad traffic people, right? You're like, I would never say those words, but in traffic, I do, right? Yeah, some of us, we're just crazy in traffic. It's because Denver has one highway called I-25, and I, you're like, are you serious? One highway? That was a bad idea, city planners. And, and you just go absolutely nuts when we face delays. Yet these are the moments God is seeking what's really in us. And I see in this passage when, when you call on Jesus, like Jarius and this woman with the issue, they got far more than they asked for, but they have to give far more than they expected. For Jarius, he, he came to Jesus for a cure for sickness, but received the resurrection. And after his daughter died, he was like, you're still talking to this old woman, right? After his daughter passed away, Jesus looked to him and said, do you still trust me in these moments? And for the woman with the chronic issue, she came to Jesus for a healing. She wanted an anonymous healing, a drive-by healing, like a touch and go. And she's trying to go, right? And then Jesus calls her out. To go public, all right? Tell your whole story. She's like, "Uh, I just touched your, no, give me your whole story. She's like, all right, my name is, and she starts going on, right? She puts her on spot. She's probably an introvert. Many of you introverts are like, I I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't even touch his robe, (laughs) right? You feel a certain way, but she begins to share her whole, whole story because Jesus knew that she needed to. And I believe someone there needed to hear her. I believe in this room, someone needs to hear your story too. Your struggles, your strengths, your miracles, your your moments. People need to hear your stories. Your vulnerabilities gives people room to open up, to be honest, to connect. Your story increases faith, increases hope, increases focus on Jesus. And in Mark chapter 5, Jairus needed to hear her story so that he could keep faith when he thought his story was over. Think about that for a moment. And the next point is faith to faith. That's how faith works. And I'm going to explain it to you for a moment. God's timing is not our timing. He doesn't fall in line with our schedules. I'm sorry he doesn't for you type A people. You're like, he better, right? I planned it out. I put it in the calendar months ago. We cannot rush God. He has his own agenda, and I know that's hard. But there are some things only learned while we're waiting on God. In the interruptions, in the meanwhile, when things don't go our way, it's called Faith. Faith is not learned when things are going your way, I'm just telling you. You want more faith, you have to be put through more struggle. You're like, what? Yeah, that's right. You want more faith, you need more interruptions. I know you don't want more interruptions, but to build faith, we need more interruptions, more delays. And God knows this. You don't like this, but God knows this. Romans 17 says, for in, in, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, and it is written, the righteous shall live by faith, faith alone, by faith. I think people use this pretense or this cover-up of faith in hopes that it won't put them in bad situations that require faith. And what I mean by that is, is like, uh, we like to talk about how faith, you know, I'm full of faith. I'm good. I have faith. God won't need to put us through those situations. Like, we can reverse psychology. God, God, I'm good. I got faith there. So you don't need to put me in these hard situations because I'm good, God. I'm full of faith there. And and, and it's funny. We try to reverse psychology, God. So I don't want to be in storms because I got it. I already understand what what it is to go through storms, God. I've been through storms. I remember third grade, this one girl pulled my hair. It was really hard, but I'm back together again. And it's so funny. We we, we, want to be, and I know, I get it. No one wants to go through storms, but God kind of is like, all right. All right, that store is really lame. I'm going to push you into another one, right? And, 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 but when you, take a, 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 when you take a step of faith, and this is newsflash, right? It'll put you in situations where you need more faith. So anytime you put yourself in an in a issue of faith, in a, in a hardship, you're like, all right, I'm going to have to put my faith in you. God will use that to put you in more situations of faith. You're like, What? right? The deeper you go in faith, it will require more faith. God will do a miracle to enable us to believe Him for bigger miracles. God will fulfill a dream to enable us to dream bigger. He's building your faith tolerance, always pushing the limit. The more we trust God, the more we find ourselves in situations that demand more faith. And God's reward for good work is more work. And God's demand, Isaac, for, more, for faith is more faith. Right, right? You got faith in you, God. He's like, all right, Isaac, I got you. I'm going to put you in another situation that's even harder to grow that faith. And that's how God works in us. And if you want to take yourself out of that struggle, you will never understand the fullness that God has for you. You've got to stay in the struggle. You've got to stay in the meanwhile, in, in the delay, holding on to God when you end up in Chicago you do. You have to hold on to God. Push through. Keep going. And today, I'm not minimizing what you guys are going through. I'm not speaking out loud like I don't understand or like, like I, I'm belittling our situations because some of you guys are going through real radical struggles, and I get it, and I'm sorry, and I want to be sensitive. I don't know why God does what He does. I don't know. I don't know why some of you have to go through s- such struggles So some of you, when you tell your story to me, I'm like, dear God, how how can can good things now happen for you? I don't know why you go through the struggle after struggle. Yet I know that in my life, and as we look back, and many of us, we would have never seen God's greater purpose in the moments of hardship. And I don't have all the answers, but I have help. I want to remind you who Jesus is. And we see at the end of chapter 5, we see Jesus walking into Jairus' house after his daughter is dead. Even though everyone said it's too late, it's over, you can't do it. Jesus ignores them all. I like Jesus. I like when he ignores people. He doesn't even respond to people. He's like, eh. Right? He just ignores them and grabs the little girl by the hand and says, Talitha Kumi, which means it doesn't mean little girl. It actually is a pet name, like baby girl. I'm like, oh, Jesus even said that. Like baby girl, honey, child, darling, it's time to wake up. It's time to get up. And in this, Jesus shows us first that not even death can stop him. Think about this. We see death as, it's impossible, God. And then we're like, we see healing is over here. But to Jesus, they're the same thing. He's not sweating it over there as he's over here. It's the same thing. Your prayer, we think this is a bigger prayer. This is a smaller prayer. I'm telling you, it's still to Jesus. It's the same thing. He's not sweating it, guys. So death is our greatest enemy as humans. But in the hands of Jesus, death is defeated. There is no limit to the power of Jesus. So you do not need to fear in whatever you're going through or in anything. You can trust him. You can trust him, and that's what he told Jarius. He said, "You can trust me." And second, we learn of his love for us. When I was a kid, I used to hold. Ma- Who is a mama's boy? Any mama's boys here? Just me, right? They used to call me the shadow because I would just like hide behind my mom. I was like a total freaky introvert. Like I'd hide in the shadows, like looking out of closets. I was that kid that didn't want to talk. I was really weird. Still am, right? But I was a total introvert. But I would time I would hold on to my mommy's hands, right, I would feel like a comfort in my life. And in this, we see that Jesus, he reaches out his hand. He's like a father. He's more than a teacher or a prophet or a shepherd. And he calls this little child to wake up, to come to him. And he's calling us today. The very hands that created everything is the hands that is reaching out to us today. And all I can tell you is I don't know why you're going through what you're going through, but I need you to know that Jesus loves you. That is what Christmas is about. That's what Easter is about. It's about Jesus and that he loves us and that Jesus loves you. I know you hear me say this, but I need you to hear me say it because sometimes I just need to hear it. And understand it and internalize it and take it. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you more than I can ever say, more than I can be passionate about. Jesus loves you. He loves you. And his hand is reaching out to you. And I know some of us are suffering. And even in these moments, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. He does. He doesn't love a better version of you or the future you. He loves you right now. He doesn't love you because you've come to church or you have an attendance. uh, You've been perfect attendance all year. I'm just telling you, he just loves you. He does. He loves you. You can trust him even when you don't understand. Let's stand. As we close today, what in your life needs to raise again let's just bow our heads for a moment let's just be quiet with God what in your life you're, is there a dream that died or a hope that died or a plan that was rerouted or broken and you need to put it in the hands of Jesus you try to do it yourself you try to you try to encourage yourself in the delay and some of you I want to encourage you like in the thick of it stop don't stop praying Don't stop believing. Listen to Journey, right? Put it back in the hands of Jesus. You can't fix you. But I'm telling you, there's a God who loves you, who's reaching out to you. Some of us, we feel far from Christ. We feel far from Jesus. And you need to put yourself back into the hands of God. You know that you're not where you need to be. And if you're in this room... And you just need to get your heart right man I just want before our eyes close and the head back I, w- I want you to respond to God I don't even need to see the hand but I want you to respond to God I need to put my life back into your hands God I try to control it I try to do it my way I just need you God some of us in this room our plans have been broken our dreams we always thought it would be this way but it's not going that way we thought we'd be married by now it's not going that way we thought we'd get that job there's so many things but i want to tell you trust jesus in the meantime because he loves you he's building your faith heavenly father i pray for everyone in here god i believe your spirit is still speaking to us i pray in our weaknesses and in our reroutes and in our detours and in our brokenness god let us come back to a foundation understanding that you love us you're reaching your hand out to us And the purpose of everything is not our outcome, but it's you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Get to know one another. And Jesus loves you. God bless you guys.